Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Terrible Faithful Podcast. And today is quite the joyous day as MLB baseball is officially back. As a new CBA was signed, both parties finally came to an agreement. Major League Baseball is officially back. We have been locked out for 99 whole days. 162 game season will officially be played in 2022, though I'm pretty sure it will begin a week later than usual. The games that will be missed will be made up later in the season uh, for off double headers, days off, uh, et cetera, like that. So how are we feeling, guys, now that MLB is officially back? Happy. I need baseball. Yeah, I, I'm just glad that the lockout ended. Really, Parker? I would have never guessed yeah. that. Believe it or not, so joyous. didn't like the lockout. Didn't like it. Not a fan of the lockout? Not a big fan. So some things that also were confirmed is that there will be no more extra innings rule. There will no longer be someone on second, which I'm pretty sure not no one liked. There's not one person that liked that. But yeah, so it makes the just, game go shorter, guys. <laughs> except it really doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, maybe if there was a run on second, the Rays wouldn't have lost the Red Sox. Well, I'm not gonna respond to that. Why not? Well, because I mean, I don't know. I'm in the playoffs. It didn't exist. We just <laughs> lost. You know, it happens. It happens. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, just get good. I guess team sucks. Uh. So, Jack, do you know the full thing on the everyone playing everybody? Uh, kind of ordeal. That seems like we won't be happening this season. It'll happen next season. And all we really know is that. I guess they're going to try and do it like kind of like an NBA style where everyone plays everybody at least once. I don't know what that entails scheduling-wise. I don't know if it's really, oh, we'll just play, we'll play two games against the Mariners and we might end up having six against the Rangers. Or, you know, I don't know what it means for division. I don't know if it could be, it could be, it could even be just a completely random type schedule thing. Who really knows? Um, I do like it, though. Definitely a fan. I yeah, think that- I do think. Oh, go ahead. I think reducing the amount of games you play against divisional opponents like, is definitely something that has been needed for a while. Uh, there's just no reason to play a single team 19 times in a season. You could reduce that down to like 13. It makes sense, and you'd be able to play a lot more teams. What it also means is that for people that live in areas where they're not – like say – like it, it, it's the same thing for like for me. Um, I We now live in where it's an AL-centered uh, – Besides the Marlins, like, but I'm not going all the way to Miami. But um, so it's like if you're in an area that happens to be in an AL team, but you're a fan of an NL team, it makes it so much better because now every year on your calendar, you can mark it knowing that if it is and if it's in, you know, on the home stadium, now you have a bigger chance of getting to go see your favorite team when in other years, you know, it takes, you know, the Pirates haven't played the race since 2017. We're just very lucky that you know, this upcoming year, we're getting to see that because that'd be, you know, for Pirates fans that do live in Florida that, you know, don't want to go all the way to Miami, it's an opportunity for them to go play the Rays. Yeah, and I think exactly. there are certain markets that will affect you. Like, think about Seattle. The closest NL team to Seattle is either, I mean, either San Diego or Colorado, or I guess San Francisco and Colorado. Like, that's that's pretty damn far. And it'll bring a lot more NL teams. And I also just, I think matchups like that are a lot more fun than, you know, sitting there playing the Mets for a sixth time. Yeah, because you know, like, when when 
the Nationals play the Phillies, like they're going to get owned on by Bryce Harper every single time. I, I think getting owned <laughs> on by Bryce Harper 19 games, but now in like 12 or 13 games is a lot better. And like I, like we said, we don't know. There's nothing confirmed about that. All we know is that it, it's likely to happen in 2023. But I'm a big fan. I like I like the fun matchups. And on that, I think that was just. There's not. I think we're just now very happy. We do have the new CBA. Uh, we're looking forward to play uh, to baseball. We'll be covering that. Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, just the Pirates baseball being back is just so is so nice. It's it's going to be so nice. And national, we have two. I mean, me and Jack are just excited for baseball. We have two terrible teams, <laughs> but yeah, no expectations going into it. It's going to be so enjoyable. The, and that's the and that's the amazing thing about it is that you know all all me and Jack really are looking for is just improvement in our future players, quote unquote future players. You know, you know that's never. Juan Soto to win MVP, but you know. Yeah, uh, 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 Bryce Harper back to back like Drake. <laughs> I fear. Okay. He has two of them. Stealing it's going to happen. Stealing that line that Parker gave you in your class for some random presentation you had. No, what? Sure. No, back. no. That wasn't the back. Actually, it was. Yeah, yeah. I gave you that line. I remember Let's that. Go. Did Let's you? Go. Yeah, I, I told like you that say was back my to back. bar. <laughs> you, you put it down, but I'm like, you got to go back to back. Yeah, but you, I, you I came up with back it. to back. I you came up with back to back, and then he came up with the fact to make it sound like that. And then that's apparently what you did. I don't know. I'm not yeah. Sure. Okay, that, that's Drake just, has ghostwriters. Okay, I mean that that's collaboration. You're ghostwriting. <laughs> He's ghostwriting. He's on back to finals. back like Drake. I'm just like you got to go back to back and then boom. It was magic. It was a team effort. Speaking of magic, oh, how do I feel about the Orlando Magic? Um, they're winning like, like too much recently. I think they've won like five of our last ten, which doesn't sound very good, but like. We're definitely I, I, standards. I'm starting to become like I, I want to see us win or us. I want to see the magic win. You, you we use us is, on this podcast. Don't 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 listen to those. Okay, okay. Don't listen to those nerds. <laughs> you know, I, I try to I don't know. I, I try to mix it up a little bit. But um yeah, the, the magic slash us. I want to see us win some games. Obviously, I want to see us win team pronouns. Plays. Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I want to see us win, but at a certain point, like you realize, damn, the Rockets still suck. The Pistons still suck. We're out here beating every bad team we face. The Pacers are only getting worse. I mean, they're. I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we did choke a twenty-point lead to the Pacers. That was pretty clutch. But, that was. Uh, that was also. That was huge. Especially. Yeah, but um. As a whole, I'm really happy with, with how everything's going on. I love Markel being back. The thing I don't love about Markel being back is the fact that he has to play with Chumo Kiki and Mo Wagner, who just miss a lot of threes. So uh, it, it's a little frustrating, but I think that the Magic are just going to get so much better when he's out there playing 33 minutes. Will he be able to play 33 minutes? I feel like the second he hits over 30, it's a danger zone for his injuries. Oh, I, I mean, I believe the Magic's plan with Markel is probably keep him in that 20-25 that minute margin like for the rest of the year. I'm just talking about the future next year. I think we could, I mean, I don't want to say shock anybody because us becoming like a 10th seed wouldn't really shock anyone. But I, I think if there's a, if they have a good draft and if everyone keeps improving, the Magic could be a playing team next year for sure. 
are you hoping that they go for someone in free agency? Do you think that you guys can get someone? Like, it's almost like the way the MLB team that I can reference to the Magic right now are the Marlins. Like, I feel like, yeah, or the Rangers. The Rangers just signed two huge guys. I feel like I feel like the Magic are are, are building something like homegrown almost esque. I, I would say realistically, like, I'd go Orioles if I were to do a comp, just because we are still terrible, but. But the Rangers and Marlins are both pretty bad last yeah, year. Yeah, they were both really yeah. they were pretty bad. But they have the Rangers like, are worse than us. That's tough. Yeah, well, <laughs> you guys did have Max Scherzer, you know, Trey Turner, Soto. All we won sixty five games. I know, but come on, like how you guys? Oh, dude, you should have seen the wage Jack's mentality towards the team. I'll use that. The, his hopes d- dwindled throughout the first half. He was like, oh, this team's going to – we're going to be a playoff team. And then it just slowly but surely just died. <laughs> we every, single, every single blown lead and every single five-run first inning off of Eric Fetty. Fetty Wap? As much as I love Eric Fetty. The Fetty Wap. I'm waiting for a response on Instagram the words, from Eric Fetty. I'm, I'm waiting from for a response on Instagram from Eric Fetty. So you can put in your bio, <laughs> Eric Fetty fan or friend? Yes. Friend of Eric Fetty. Friend of Eric Fetty. Friend yeah, but – um, uh, yes, <laughs> someone that I want the Magic to potentially target in free agency is C.J. Warren. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll end up going back to the Pacers. I sincerely doubt it. I don't know why he would ever do that to himself. I don't know why the Pacers but yeah, would that. that too. I mean, he's a solid 3 and D guy. He's a good scorer, but he's not going to take away too many shots. He's not going to take away a lot of usage from the young guards. Uh, so if we're really trying to get some play-in experience, I think TJ Warren would be a good add. But I, I'm cool with standing standing and staying put like the Thunder have recently and just letting our young talent play. So knowing, like taking into account maybe free agency and who's going to be on the roster next year, what do you want the starting lineup to be opening day 2023? Um, the 2023 season. Ideally... I'd go – and it's a tough one. I definitely want Markel to start at the one, which I know a lot of people disagree with, but I'd want Markel to start at the one. I think he just makes his, the players around him so much better. He, he, I mean, every single game you'll see, like, he'll, he'll suddenly have chemistry with a certain shooter. Last game it was Gary Harris. He was setting up Gary Harris. He ended up dropping, I think, 21 on the night. Um. So he, he just has really good chemistry with other guards, other wings. I want him at the one. At the two, I'd be cool with Cole. I, I really love Suggs defensively. His offense needs some work, but I think playtime will definitely help him out with that. And then I don't know when Jonathan Isaac's going to be back. I feel like and 2023 is a fair assumption that Jonathan Isaac will be back from his injury. I hope so. I don't know, man. I, I think he'll be ready. But it's another like, year and a half. That'll be three years removed from ACL injury. I yeah. mean, it's already been so long. It's just kind of sus he's not back already, but I guess recovery is different it for just everybody. just questions like a setback, if he had a minor setback or something. I mean, it'd be major at this point. Just hopefully – I mean, if J.I.'s back, I'd love him at the three – or him at uh, the four, Franz at the three, and then Wendell at the five. But, like, we're going to have a top three pick. There's a good possibility. If we get someone like Chet or someone like Jabari – I wouldn't mind having J.I. come off the bench, which sounds pretty ridiculous, but honestly, I don't really see him as a big cornerstone on the Magic anymore just because of all the injuries and 
off the court stuff. <laughs> he, he's become kind of a big distraction, which I'm sure the Magic front office doesn't care much about, but I don't really see him sticking on the Magic for too long. And he's on a team-friendly contract. I could see him being a, a pretty valuable trade piece if he proves himself coming back. Yeah, the Mets are going to be a fun team to watch, and I love some players. And I am one of those people that disagrees with the uh, the Markel, which is it's tough for me. I just think he's a phenomenal six man. I don't think I think that going forward you need to trust Cole Anthony, but uh, that's just my opinion on it. I think that Markel Fultz being probably the six man of the year kind of type player every year. You know, the same thing like Lou Will was when he was on the Clippers, uh, when he was on the Lakers. That kind of uh, he was on the Raptors, right? I'm pretty, yeah. pretty sure he was on the Raptors. Like that kind of that kind of player is, is always, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a, a testament. Like, and it's, it's, it's tough. Cause, cause casuals look at coming off the benches. You're not good enough to be a star player, but there are a Dude, lot of, abilities, it's just never going to be very good. Yeah. And Which, in this modern day, I feel like point guards have to shoot. And and that's my biggest flaw in someone like De'Aaron Fox. That's like my, the only thing I can really think of his free throw shooting is really bad. He's not the best three point shooter. Um, defense isn't phenomenal, yeah, but see, he has everything say, else. You point I, out you, you worded that weirdly because it seems like you're saying he's an all right three point shooter, but he's a terrible free throw shooter. It's the other way around. He's a terrible three point shooter. Although he's been better recently, but free throw line, I'm not really that worried. Bro, about here. I've I mean, seen him not, just brick not, and brick and you, brick you've from the free some, throw line. You've caught some unlucky times, but he's like a 74 percent free throw shooter, which obviously isn't as good, a point right? guard. <laughs> oh, look, that's I not, get it. That that's isn't, not terrible. That isn't. It isn't good. But here's the thing with this that I've really noticed with him. I feel like is that a lot of the time when he's missing free throws, he has really missed him. And he'll have games where he goes five of ten, six of twelve, but there are also a lot of games where he's completely spot on from free throw, and it seems like it's all really inconsistent for him. But he doesn't really have games. He's not really consistently going like eight for 10, I feel like. And that's not, I haven't, I haven't looked at the stats. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like most of the game, just from what from what I watch, is De'Aaron Fox either nailing almost everyone he takes or sh- t- shooting terribly from the line. And, and see, I think, it, and the reason I say this is because the games I have watched, those that Lakers series, De'Aaron, I'm pretty sure, shot pretty well from three in those series. I mean, I can remember him I, hitting I don't know. shots. I don't remember those games. Like I've seen All I know is Buddy Hield went crazy down. in those games. Okay. Yeah, crazy with terrible shots. Yeah, but they went in. Mid. I will say, though, with the uh, point guards being able to – or needing to be able to shoot, I agree, but I, I, I don't agree entirely with needing to shoot the three ball. I think being able to shoot mid-ranges – helps a lot and that's one thing mark that's what can fox do. is he's done that is literally what that's exactly fox is. that's why i like the aaron fox a, a good amount even though he's definitely having a, a that's bad why theory. he won't be elite until he adapts that three yeah i don't think that for a guy like fox that's at least a really good mid-range shooter that it's that big of a deal as long as you have shooters around him that's the issue with the kings that they don't have shooters around him yeah i'd say i agree with that and you know, we said the same thing for ben simmons yeah, Ben Simmons well, can't shoot middies either. Simmons, Simmons is a different type of like he he just cannot shoot. He won't shoot mid ranges. Darren like, Fox is like enough of a threat from three that he can he'll shoot the most sometimes and he'll, they'll go in sometimes. It's not like he's completely inept from three, and he's a very one, good mid shooter. One thing I I noticed though is the big thing is like guys like Markel, their lack of a three ball doesn't really disrupt the spacing too much because he's willing to shoot from three. Exactly. 
And even if a lot of them don't go in, like you're not trying to give up a free three ever. It's just plays Bismack Biombo three reaction. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, he Bismack Biombo is unwilling to shoot threes for a very good reason. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's literally what I think of when I just imagine Markel using that broke form. Oh my goodness! When he tries Dude, to heaves one, I don't out. know if you've seen like his mid range form is is straight like money. It looks like it it's because it's quick but... because everyone's mid range form is quicker than the three point form. Unless you're Steph Curry. It's just yeah. that's just natural. It's, you have to shoot the ball further. I, I think Markel's big thing is just getting more reps and shooting more threes in game. And I, I think he'll be able to develop his entire game. Like if, if he becomes a three point threat, even shooting like 33% from three, he'll become that's so all, much of a better that's player. All I want from Darren Fox is 33%. I mean, Markel and Darren Fox are pretty similar players. We've gotten, I think we got it one year with Fox above 33 in like a second or third year. Gosh, he's been in the league for like it's crazy. This, I this remember when he five. came. Both of them, both of them are year five. Yeah. Yeah. Markel's what? Like he's got 130 career games though, so it's not exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah, the Aaron hasn't missed that many games. That's another. He has like one injury where he misses like 10 to 20 games throughout each season and he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I beg the that's question. another reason I'm so high on Markel is just lack of NBA game experience. Like a lot of people seem to think he's a finished product. I think he can bloom into a lot, a lot better than he is right now. But you say that, but then it could also just be the same reasoning for the other way around. As in people are done on him because of the lack of games in five years. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I don't know if that's good reasoning though. I mean, a lot of players, like even look at Joel Embiid, he missed like, his first two and a half years. And yeah, well, as soon as he came in, he was dominating. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but it, it's similar. He became Markel the second where... best center in the league this, the first year. Uh, there was Cousins. True. Talks. I remember how Jack, but, how M- M- Jack M- got when I used to oh, say Embiid was better than Cousins. I got he was like, no, he's I'm, not. Don't when, say when that. He wasn't. He was not. <laughs> when Embiid was, was that not. elite player, though, like, yes, he's, he's the still, second like, best center he, in the he league. He got a lot better. I, and one thing I will say is, I mean, every time Markel's played for the Magic, he's been a good point guard. Like, every, every single, he hasn't had a terrible stretch with the Magic. Like, he went from terrible, like, unusable on the Sixers to a good starting point guard on the Magic. And every single time he's played for the Magic, he's been pretty good. And he's been improving slowly as he goes on. Obviously, it's tough when you have a lot of injuries. But as long as he can stay healthy and it seems like he had a very good recovery path as it took him a while and he he looks very good coming back so um i think that we've talked about markel fultz the orlando magic enough i i think so too (laughs) he gets so passionate talking about oh i I he's my favorite player i don't mind it i do it with the king sometimes too i I completely understand but we're gonna talk about the nfl i think let's talk about the nfl there's a lot of stuff going on in the nfl I want to start off with the biggest and baddest news so far. After weeks of negotiation, and it feels like three years of every offseason discussing Russell Wilson, one of the biggest trades in NFL history, the Denver Broncos has agreed to send a significant package, which I think is an absolute haul for Seattle, in exchange for Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson. The Broncos agreed to trade Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, Two first-round picks, one of them being the ninth overall in this year's draft. Two second-round picks, including the number 40th of this year's draft, and of 2022 fifth to the Seahawks. Instant reaction of mine was that Broncos won because I didn't see the players yet. Now, I saw I didn't see the total number of picks. I just saw that Denver got uh, Russell Wilson. 
I didn't really think about the package and I was like, Oh my gosh, Denver's a Super Bowl contender. This is it. We have a dominant team. And then I saw what they actually traded and I went, wow, it's a, it's see, the thing is, it's a, it's a trade that doesn't hurt the Broncos, but it helps the Seattle Seahawks so much. So it's not only like, Oh, the Seattle Seahawks stole. I think it was rather that Denver had this to give up and the, what they got back is fitting, but the Seattle Seahawks, this was perfect for them for a team that had no draft picks for a team that had no defensive linemen. They had Will Disley at tight end. This is exactly what you needed. Yeah. I think the best part of this for me is the Broncos. They managed to get Russell Wilson in a trade and not give up Jerry Judy, or especially not give up Pat Sertain. I thought Judy would probably be a piece that was going back, and when if it was for whether Rodgers or Wilson, if they got one of the big-name quarterbacks, I thought Judy would be one of the pieces going back. And the three players they gave up, Locke is, you know, whatever. Maybe he'll become good for Seattle, but he wasn't good for Denver. And Shelby Harris, no fan. They're, some, they're valuable pieces, and Fant has some upside, but they're not, you know, they're whatever. The picks, yeah, you just got Russell Wilson. I don't care. So I really like this for the Broncos anyway. I don't really care about what they give up. I don't know. I think you're underrating a little bit. No fan Shelby Harris, but yeah, it's just, like I said, it was, it doesn't hurt the Broncos to lose the, but it also helps Seattle so much to gain that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's big for Seattle to get that. Although I'm pretty happy that they made this trade. I don't care about these first rounders. I'm, I'm a lot happier with Russell Wilson out of the division. Come on. You, they, they weren't doing anything next, next year. No, they weren't, but Russell were Wilson owns us. Exactly, Russell Wilson owns us, so. <laughs> they beat us twice this year. They had just, no what, just okay, just, just wait until no Drew Locke owns you guys this year. <laughs> Look, you know what? I'll take the bet on that, okay? Well, I can't wait. I'm the biggest Drew Locke fan this upcoming year because now I you've disrespected him. You've disrespected him now. Hey, I was a big Drew Locke guy when he was a Denver. Oh, I, I, told, oh, I know. But you know. I you remember know. the, the I, I'm not sure if this has ever been, I'm not sure this has been told on the uh, podcast, but before 2020, I called Drew Locke a dark horse MVP candidate. That obviously did not come oh, to fruition. God. Oh, uh, that is vile. That's a vile take. Obviously did not come to fruition. He was not good, and he still is not good. Come on, but, Skip. Come on. <laughs> but – uh, I digress. That is, you know, it's like if, Ooh, if Drew Lock ends up owning us. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Big so, word. I digress. I digress. If Drew Lock ends up owning us, he ends up owning us. But I'll, I'll take my bet against him that I would against Russell Wilson. I'm completely fine with that. Parker, you haven't, you haven't really talked. What are you thinking? What's your side? Well, I like the trade a lot for both teams. I it, That's one of those trades where – I think no matter what happens, it's a win-win. Honestly, I, I like Drew Locke for the Seahawks for what they're doing right now because you're not you're not like putting all your eggs in the basket for him. You're not spending a first-round pick on him. But, I mean, he's, he's kind of a side piece in this big deal where you get lots of picks. You get a very good tight end. You get a veteran a defensive lineman who's, I mean, honestly, he's going to help your team right now. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very good next year, but I, I think that they have the potential to be decent. And I think Drew Locke is a solid quarterback that, I mean, he's not going to stunt the development of your young wide receivers. He's going to be solid at worst. I, I thought he was pretty good with the Broncos when he started. He just, 
he looked a little raw. He's a talented quarterback. The Broncos are going to be a, a solid team. And for the Seahawks, I mean, or my bad. I The Seahawks are going to be a solid team. And for the Broncos. I was going to say, I uh, feel like the Broncos are going to be a little bit better than solid. <laughs> yeah. I got confused. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, they're getting Russell Wilson. And they're already good. So that's all you really need to hear. I mean, as a Bucks fan, I wanted Russell Wilson more than anybody else in the market. He was by far the best quarterback available besides Aaron Rodgers, who was never really going to leave. So, me when yeah, I, I think Rodgers. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd go that far, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think both teams definitely get uh, a lot to benefit out of this trade, and I'm interested to see where they go draft wise. That should be line line corner so badly. Do they go quarterback though? They, no, that they, no, they're not going no, quarterback. No. They are going corner. I think they like Locke. I don't think I mean, that they like Locke, but next year is the year for for the quarterback. I promise. I promise that corner and line need to be addressed now, because this is a draft that has quarterback and line in it throughout the first round. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, um, Locke is either going to be solid and you can stick with him, or the Seahawks are going to be terrible and you can get a quarterback. So, it's it's a win win for sure. Imagine if the Broncos are terrible too, and they just get like a, oh, they, no, they won't obviously. I doubt that. Yeah, obviously not. But they could be. Speaking of quarterbacks, keeping it on, Carson Wentz is heading back to the NFC East, but it's not for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is for the Washington Commanders. The Colts receive a 2022 third round pick, a 2023 third round pick that escalates to a second round pick. If Carson Wentz plays seventy percent of his snaps and a twenty twenty two set wait yeah and a twenty twenty two second round pick excuse me twenty twenty three set third round that can be a second so they're possibly getting two seconds and a third for Carson Wentz and a and a twenty two second round pick so they're basically swapping their second round picks yeah the Colts move up five spots in the second round how do we feel about this I don't I don't know what Washington is doing man I really don't. But who did they? But but let me ask you the question: If they didn't, then what did they do? Do you think they they had to draft? I think that Jameis Winston would have been a better option. I think trading for Jimmy Garoppolo would have been a better option. I don't know so about that. That one you, can, you can, that one you can debate. That one you can debate. But I think I think trading for Jimmy would have been a better option. I think getting Trubisky for nothing would have been a better option. Oh, that's a go. That's a go. Come on, dude. He had twenty. Once wasn't even that bad. He had just a bad end. I promise. Once had a really bad. He had a really bad final eight games. If you watched those games, he was not good. He was fine the first eight and terrible the final eight or whatever, whatever you want to call it with seventeen games. But he had a terrible second half. Stats were good, fine, yeah, whatever. But I just I'm, I'm not feeling it. And it's it's also Washington, right? The guy Washington loves bringing in these guys like Carson Wentz and then hoping they do well and they don't. And they die. Horrible deaths. Not not, not quite that. But I don't know. Carson Wentz has also missed time in five of his six NFL seasons. So he's an injury prone quarterback. That doesn't bode well in Washington. Because they die. (laughs) 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 Okay. Continue. (laughs) Uh, I just, I don't, and like, man, I don't, I don't get it. Not why give up all this for Carson Wentz when you can go and get Jameis Winston out three of the market? When you already invested, didn't they give up a first for him? 
Yeah, I just I don't I don't get it, man. And on top of this, they're taking on all of Lynch's contract. They're paying him twenty eight million dollars this year. <laughs> that is all of their cap space. Granted, they just released Landon Collins. That they can get some of that back. They might do something with Eric Flowers to get some of it back. But why? Why pay Carson Wentz twenty eight million dollars? Because when you can get Trubisky five or Jameis ten. I don't know if they'll be that cheap, but like you know, you know what I'm saying. Trubisky will. Trubisky will. Jameis won't. He'll probably be or Mariota. Come on, Mariota. Respect Wentz. Come on, no. Wentz is the way I see it. I know you did not just say Marcus Mariota, the guy who plays five percent of snaps for the Raiders. Come on, Trubisky. Come on. If you're given the option between paying Carson Wentz $28 million and you have a lot of holes on your roster that this kind of doesn't allow you to fill, and you also traded draft capital from this year, that doesn't that also makes it so you're not allowed to fill those. What are the holes that are that bad? Please, Corner. I'm interested. Corner. No, what? Safety. Linebacker. Maybe linebacker strong safety. Is a big one. Okay, linebacker is, a really is big the one. D line is great. The, they have a great they, free safety. Receivers they, receivers, they have one good receiver right now. They have a couple of young guys, but they have one good, healthy receiver. Curtis Samuel is always a question mark because you never know if he's be healthy. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, they have Logan Thomas at tight end. The like, line is average. They're also, they are in a terrible division where this actually means that they actually this compete is, This for is it. true. They are in a terrible division, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I think the Eagles are somewhat interesting, and the Cowboys are obviously going to be good. Even if they're not going to get as last year, and who knows what happens with them, you know, with this offseason. We already know that Amari Cooper's gone, but I, I, I can't get on the board for this. I would have rather go out and bring in Mariota or Winston or Drew Bisky for cheap than pay Wentz $28 million. Yeah. I would not do, I, I mean, I would not do Trubisky and Mariota, but I would do Jameis Winston 100%. I feel like we're like, that's just a little too far. Like, Trubisky is bad, really bad. And so is Mariota. Trubisky, Trubisky is bad. Trubisky I get with bad, Maggie, but, like, see, I, I just don't think that that's a big enough talent upgrade to justify spending twenty more million dollars or so. It's that, it, that, but you you've seen how desperate the quarterback market is right now. The same reason why you said Jimmy Garoppolo would be for a second. Now that he has a surgery, he's definitely not going for a second. I, yeah, I don't think so. Sadly, but we'll see. I think if um, we're, we're pitching in, we're really giving you a fourth. News. I'll take him for a fourth. I already said this. I'll take him for a fourth. If because since Malik Willis had a phenomenal pro day that I doubt that he's going to be there at 20. <laughs> so we'll see though, because Carolina might do what they did last year and skip on, you know, how they skipped on fields. This is, they might do it this year and just completely whip on, on quarterback. See, if you're Carol. So Carolina is just such an interesting one though, because what really can they do? They pay, they owe Sam Darnold $18 million. They're still paying half of Teddy Bridgewater's contract or maybe all of it. So they, they'll have, they have like $30 million going into the quarterback position already. You got a good quarterback, though. I think they probably should, but like, oh my god, there's such the Panthers. A, I, I don't think such a Panthers, terrible spot. I mean, if, if if the Panthers aren't sold on Malik Willis, which I think they should be, but if they aren't, and they've got a lot more eyes in their scouting scouting department that definitely know a lot more about the game than I do, if they just don't think he's that that guy, then. I don't, I don't know. You, I understand you saying that they know more than you, but do teams really do sometimes? Well, see, they're, the they're in like the, the, the Deshaun Watson. Rager? They're in the Deshaun Watson market, right? Like, why are they in the Deshaun Watson market? 
I don't know. I think I think the Panthers could be like a solid team with Deshaun Watson. But is Deshaun Watson fine, even going? But, like, but he's still go. He's going in front of a grand jury on tomorrow. Oh, yes. I mean, oh yeah, we'll know, we'll know what happens after that, obviously. And yeah, that's. I, think, I they're gonna be out of the market if if he gets convicted. Well, yeah, obviously. I think I think everyone will be out of the market at that point. Exactly. But, <laughs> but like, I just I don't I really don't know. The Panthers are one of those teams that's just in such hell right now. And I love I really the roster know. so much. Besides quarterback, I think the roster is so good. Besides quarterback, it's just the defense is is nasty. It's, it's so nasty. Defense. It is filthy. They have no flaws on the defense. It's disgusting. And but then they just they just don't have a quarterback, and it just goes to attest how important a quarterback is. The most, it's, it's not even you know. just the quarterback. It's their coach is awful. It, he's the a terrible. He's offensive got extended line. for two more also, years. Also, the O line. Yeah, yeah, the O the O line's pretty bad too. But I honestly, it's just if you have McCaffrey, you should be able to do something with your. I get that he he's been hurt. Okay, yeah, well, it's not their fault that he doesn't play. But even when he's back, I mean, the offense looks terrible. For the second time in Khalil Mack's career, he is on the move and he is going back to his old division, but not to the Raiders. Very similar to Carson Wentz, he is now going to their rival. The Los Angeles Chargers, in exchange for a 2022 second round pick and a sixth rounder in 2023. The big thing is, Los Angeles is taking on Khalil Mack's entire $64 million contract. But, you know, you are getting Khalil Mack. So he did miss last year. I think he about missed eight games and he required surgery. So the salary also uh, fits the schedule time for Justin Herbert. So what do you think? What are your guys' thoughts on it? I like it a lot for the Chargers. I'm a little confused on this on the Bears' end because, yes, the Chargers are taking the entire contract. Guess what the Bears have this year? $24 million in dead cap off this trade. Uh, Second-round pick, cool. Uh, and they don't, they don't have their first this year because they traded out for Fields. The Bears are another one of those teams that just kind of feels like they're in purgatory. Like, I, don't, I don't really know what direction they're going. Because I don't, I don't think they have enough young pieces on that team to make me think, okay, this is you know a team that's up and coming yet, and they're definitely not good enough to be actually good. So I really don't know where they're at. It just depends on Fields' play this year. It'll it, it, that'll it does, set a lot direction. depends on Fields. It also depends on coaching. That's very I true mean, too. They they looked solid at times, and and Matt Nagy really just brings a team down. That, that's one thing about the NFL is if you have a bad coach, you have nothing. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Chargers, that edge rush becomes one of the best in football. Right, I mean, right, I mean, right off the bat, I'm still not probably is that convinced that it makes. I'm not that convinced that it really makes them that much better, though. Really. Yeah, they've got to like, increase I, on DT. I didn't, they have I to didn't really feel there. like that was. I don't really feel like that was their flaw was the edge rush. I felt like their edge rush was fine with both Sen and Wosu, but you know. I think that there are much bigger issues, but hey, they, they have three absolute studs on defense now. We'll see if they can maybe carry the defense to better, being a little better this year. They need a better interior, though. <laughs> they can't have Tillery playing DT anymore. That's <laughs> yeah, not we'll, going to we'll, work. We'll see what else they do. They're, they're, they'll have some, they have some picks in the draft. We'll see what they do. I wouldn't maybe they draft Jordan Davis. Who knows? But I think that I don't. I don't think the Mac trade makes them that much better. I think it makes them more fun. You do get Kalimak for three years, though. So how much value yeah, are you getting off that second-round pick for this team? 
over that. Oh yeah, it's, see, it's it's not a bad value trade. I just don't know how necessary it was. I think it, it just it makes your line just so much harder to deal with with Bosa and Khalil Mack. It's, I mean, those are two dudes that are usually going to get double teamed. You can't double team two dudes on the same line. So, I I like the deal. They didn't give up too much. Uh, they definitely need to address their depth issues for sure. But, I mean, they have a decent amount of picks. They should be able to do that. I like the Chargers going forward. I didn't like them last year, but I, I think this is a really good trade. It does make them a little bit more top-heavy, and they were already one of the more top-heavy teams in the league. But, I mean, star talent is always a good thing to add. Yeah, that proves through. Yeah, it's just it, it's just going to come down to what they do in the draft, and we'll have to see what they do in free agency. They need to get better interior linemen. They need to get a better one, a second corner. Uh, they still have Casey Hayward there, right? Or not Casey Hayward. Um, Chris Harris. Yeah. Uh, I think he's there. I think Chris Harris is still there. He, you know, he can play one still. He's, he's fine. Just get a, another second corner and then just work with what you got. It's just the interior linemen need help. That's a pretty big thing. I'm, not, I'm not huge on the linebacker. Yeah, I'm not huge on the linebackers either. I just think that, I mean, there are a couple pieces away. But those couple of pieces are some really glaring issues. 